Welcome back to Bashamania, episode 222. Today's another episode of Bashing the Brain as Willie and I went through the weekend, talked a lot about Penn State, Nebraska, and some other tidbits. This podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Attack, A-T-A-C. Attack is like having a personal trainer in your pocket. It is a fitness and training app where video game stats meets real-life training. Find out your attack rating. It's really cool. It gives you video game-like stats for your strength, endurance, speed, mentality, agility, flexibility, all that good stuff. Download Attack in the Apple App Store, Google Play Store. Download it today. Also, real quick disclaimer, we just got done um, recording the podcast. The first 10 minutes, somehow my microphone switched over to my iMac microphone. So I tried editing it out a little bit so it sounds a little bit better. But if you're wondering why it's off, um, that's definitely why. But after 10 or 11 minutes, it goes back to normal for basically the whole episode. I think it happened again at, at the very end of the podcast. So I'll look into that. I apologize about that. But yeah, about 10 minutes in. Once we get past Penn State, Nebraska at 125, the rest of the weights are all normal microphone. So, all right. I hope y'all enjoy. It's mania Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do? What Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. We're back. Weekend recap time. Bash in the brain, 9 o'clock on a Sunday night. How are you, Willie? I'm glorious. 5.46 here. I like uh, I like the time change. Anytime I'm on the West Coast, I can't seemingly get off of East Coast time. I, that's short term, I know, but yeah. I'm like, oh, it's really this time. It's really that time. Yeah, it's well, got to be nice over there for that. Well, the weird part is it's nice. <clears throat> it's nice to get up and there's like sporting events like immediately. I mean, sooner than yeah. waiting for him on the East Coast. The bad thing is then like, I don't know, then it's over quicker, right? What do you do the rest of the day? Like for me, wrestling ended very early. I've been in uh, Vegas for a couple football weekends and those are always fun. When like nine o'clock, college football starts on saturday 10 yeah. o'clock on sunday yeah, that's cool. awesome not having to wait till one o'clock is great we had an eventful weekend of wrestling though very eventful what we did but it was a weird one in that uh there was like two or three weeks ago there was one like this where for whatever reason the stars aligned that the schedule was such that um there were only two or three big 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 ones right a lot of times there's like 12 pretty solid ones this this past couple or there was a couple times this year um like this weekend nebraska penn state uh missouri south dakota state was a good one iowa wisconsin um what was the one friday night nc state cornell nc state cornell right uh, but other than that like there wasn't a whole lot going on saturday was little um Virginia Tech Pitt was pretty good. Army West Point was actually awesome. Um, but Saturday was kind of like ho-hum. Um, so let's uh, let's get into the big news. Uh, we're just coming off Penn State and Nebraska getting over 
um, probably the biggest duel of the weekend. You want to start with that, or what do you want to start with? Yeah, let's start with that. I mean, that was an awesome duel from start to finish. You know, that was one of those duels where every match was a must-watch. There wasn't a weight there where it's like, oh, you can kind of skip this one. Every weight was great. And you always love to see those duels. It was fun, especially like the first half I, I tweeted at halftime. Every ki- All 10 kids that wrestled um, the first five matches it was fun, entertaining. They each showed like a glimpse. Even even Baylor Shunk, that uh, was in in place of Nigal. I mean, he did some tricky stuff. I don't know that he scored, but he he fought and he like um, was was it made it interesting in a lot of positions. But even that was maybe like the one down match because Nigal was out. I think he's sick. Um, but even that match was interesting from a standpoint of Van Diet didn't get much going early, and you had kind of thought going into the match, can you know after you have um, Caleb Smith major Braden Davis, you instantly start thinking you texted me the duel was over, it's four nothing, call it now. Four nothing. <laughs> so you instantly start that was the thinking final about. Score, by the way, the final score is four nothing Nebraska. <laughs> That that was the team score implication. There was like, can Van D get a major here? Like, you know, so even that down match was still, you're watching it, Van D is exciting. But, you know, to go right from the start, Braden Davis, Caleb Smith, you know, I had said Caleb Smith that this year the seeds, it's so weird because in a normal weight, in a normal year, the seeds do such a better job telling the average fan what you can kind of expect going into a match. Very true. This this year, 125, the seed Don't really happen. is not a good indicator of what you're going to see. You're right. So, I mean, there's going to be like in 15 years when people look back at brackets, like oh, ha- always happens. People are going to look back and go, oh, my God, a 15 beat a two. And it's going to be like, yeah, if you were in the thick of things that year, that's not even a surprise. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was surprising. So I had. Lean Caleb Smith getting that win, but I did not think he'd get a major over Braden Davis. Yeah, well, it started off. Um, it started off. I almost tweeted. If you look, and one twenty-five is my favorite weight, so don't think I'm like hating. It is my favorite weight. It's always my favorite weight to watch. I think they're the most active. I think they're the most dynamic. Um. However, this year, who scores at 125? Like, who is who is prolific at 125? The scores this year between the I mean, anyone with a pulse is is six four, four one. I mean, nobody scores a lot. There's there's so many matches where there's one takedown and I don't know. That's what we kind of had through the first bit. It's I don't funny know. you said that because I was looking just before so just before we started, I was looking at uh, Matt Ramos a little bit. He beat Pat McKee, Drake Ayala, and Dean Peterson. 4-1. And Eric Barnett. 4-1-4-1-4-1-4-1. All four matches. The like, number one guy in the country, right? Matches. I'm certainly not hating on I'm certainly not hating on Matt Ramos. Somebody text me. It might have been you. Oh, I think um I think it was Drake over Braden when you were like 
man, that's kind of an ugly win. And my response was like, at this year at 125, you take them how you can get them. Yeah, and because Drake has, if you look at Drake, most of his matches this year, there's only been a few, his, his, I'd say maybe like three, I'm looking at him now, that he doesn't have more than three or four points. And that one, you can definitely tell he was kind of holding Braden off at the end. And for, you know, a lot of his wins, he's looked very explosive. So I didn't think it was an ugly win. It was more so I, I don't at know, the right. end. I don't, yeah. think, I don't think you use that term. But you said something like weird match or something. But at 125, you take him how you can get him this year. Right? When the number one guy in the country is winning 4-1 every single match, and, and anytime there's a, uh, you know, seven versus nine matchup it's a one takedown it's a one takedown affair it's a it's a sort of a different look than 125 is typically accustomed to this is this is way getting out of the self but you know those bracket fantasies for ncaa's where you take one through ten you can only take one seed at each weight yeah i don't care what the seeds are 125 is going to be my 10 seed probably yeah yeah you're (laughs) right you're absolutely right you Take a high number there because um, right now it's Troy Spratley, for example. Okay, yeah. great. <laughs> and Spratley is rolling. Spratley is rolling. We got another pin today. Um, but so the so the Caleb Smith uh, Davis match started off slowly, uh, no scoring. I don't think maybe uh, until the third or late second. Davis had a really good opportunity at the end of the first, um, and then Smith. Was it Smith? Did he get a big? Did he get a big play? Did he get near fall? I think I think I there was a exactly. big play. It ended up a major. He got a second takedown, but I think he might have also got a near fall in there. And um, you know, one twenty five continues to be winning these little shit, shit situations. And that that I mean, a lot of times it's the margin between um, anybody at the top winning and losing, but it's like 125 from one to 25 is always a one situation match. And and that's kind of how it worked out with Caleb Smith. Um, And I think he's better. He's a smaller 25. And I, I feel like, I feel like when he's on the attack, he's better. Now that being said, the first score he had was, um, was a misdirection kind of from front head where he just kind of hustled his way around. Um, but it did come off. He he was pressuring forward, pressuring forward, and then Davis shot, and then Caleb scored from front head. So uh, I like Caleb better when he's on the offensive. He gets into some trouble and gets pushed around a little bit when um, he's being defensive. He's another guy It's like, you know, I know – I said Troy Spratley because he's he's ranked ten on Intermat right now. But you got a guy like Caleb Smith right now is seated twelve, and he's got wins over number one Matt Ramos, and now um, you know number six Braden Davis. Like who knows where these guys are going to end up seated? But yeah. the top ten at one twenty five is going to be bananas because everybody's beating beating each other, and it's going to come down to who can do it in March. Yeah, I mean, I keep waiting for a guy or guys to separate themselves at 25 and it just never happens. Maybe we'll get that a little bit at conferences. Let's see. Um, according to intermat rankings at big tens, uh, 
there are one, two, three, four, five in the top, five in the top 12, six in the top 14. So um, Big Ten is going to have a big say in the seeds at NCAAs. Yeah, and it's, you know, some of these guys like Stanek, you know, from Lehigh, has only one loss, two if you count Jacks Forest at the, at the Metown Open. But, you know, it's like some of these guys in different conferences, you know, the top 10 is Big Ten heavy, so it's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the Big 12 has 7, 8, 9, 10. And and EIWA has two and thirteen. That's Unger, but Unger got beat by Camacho, um, who you picked this week. Oh no! I just realized it's using my iMac microphone. Okay. Why didn't you tell me? It sounds like crap. I did notice the difference, but I thought it was because you're in their office, and but I, it didn't didn't sound like crap. It just sounded different. There we go. Does that sound better? Yeah, it sounds a lot better. Yeah, I don't it. understand though. I don't understand why I have like a legit camera, and your resolution always looks much better than mine. It's got to be the Wi-Fi. Your Wi-Fi connection is usually a little slower. That, but it's, it's it's probably buffering. But all right, we'll keep rocking here. Uh, we'll uh, I'll have to edit that out, or we'll I'll just edit the audio. We'll be fine. Um, all right. So let's go into one thirty-three. And you've got Nonagao. He was sick. Jacob Van D gets the win over Baylor. Not too much to talk about there, I don't think. Well, I think Van D Van D went out, boom, takedown, boom, takedown. And then you thought there might be bonus possibilities. And with Caleb Smith already having bonus, that a second bonus on there would have been significant, right? Eight zero instead of six zero or I mean, it, it could have been big, but Shunky wrote him, I think, the whole second period, and then Van D wrote him about the whole third period. So um, Van D looked good in the first, and then it turned into a very uneventful match. Uh, yeah. Regular decision, 7-0 at this point for Nebraska, heading into 41, where Nebraska um, felt really good about the bout. And uh, it was number one Bo Bartlett and Brock Hardy, who was ranked, what was he ranked coming in? Seven. Uh, ranked seventh. And so, but Brock also had the only head-to-head -head in their career uh, last year at Big Tens. And I'll tell you, you know, Bo, I used to tweet about it, like, kind of joking around and saying stuff on um, even podcasts and stuff, uh, how Bo didn't really attack until late and he would pick his spots and he'd be a little bit, if you look at his last couple matches, he has scored early. I mean, this in his last big bouts, but okay. So then again, he didn't really, he didn't score against Hermes again. Uh, at first Rutgers, he didn't score like the whole time, but real woods, first period takedown, Brock Hardy, first period takedown. Um, he's he had been, one today too. Cause he, he led three, I mean. one after the first and then seven, two after the second. With a right, first plus riding time, first period takedowns against both Real and Brock, and so that's a pretty good sign. Um, and I thought Bo wrestled great. The this match happened to have a call in it that is dominating right now. People on Twitter, people on message boards, people on um, whatever, uh, they are talking about the potentially dangerous call late now. Um, 
Bo, I think, got another takedown. And then Hardy got a takedown. And it turned it in to a, a one takedown match. It was 8-6. It was 8-6. Bo had like a minute and 11, minute and 17, something like that riding yep. time. Hardy's in deep on a shot. It gets into a scramble. Hardy has like a position where he could really capitalize on. And there was absolutely positively no reason to call that potentially dangerous. It was not a potentially dangerous situation at all. Well, and they did, called it and they stopped it. I did ask a couple people. I asked Chenzo. That was my first go-to. And he said it did look like he kind of tweaked the knee there. But it's very hard to, to say, you know, it, it seems like when his knee was bent out a little bit, it seemed like he let out something, a noise, a scream, I don't know. And it well, seems like and it seems like the ref reacted to that and said potentially dangerous. It, it's got okay, so there's there's a couple things there. Number one, and let me be clear before all people like look into what i'm saying and 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 uh kind of try to extrapolate what i'm saying before i say it i am not saying that brock hardy would have had that takedown i am not saying that bo bartlett wasn't hurt i'm not saying that bo bartlett faked it i'm not saying that bo bartlett caused the call to happen what i am saying is that was not a potentially dangerous situation. And you cannot have these sort of inadvertent stoppages. You cannot just stop the match whenever you damn well feel like it, even if you're the referee. And I was talking to somebody that was at the duel, one of the coaches, and they said that, well, Bo said, ouch. Bo said, ow, ow, ow. And they stopped it. That's not the rule. That's not so, the rule. Yeah, and I'm not a I'm not a rules guy, so I'm not even gonna try there. But they people are bent out of shape for two reasons. One is they disagree with the ref's call. I don't know the rule book enough to comment one way or another. But the you second thing know. listen, the, the second thing that people are upset about is because the ref called potentially dangerous, Bo was able to take an injury timeout. And they didn't like that. Um, yeah, but Brock had choice. Because Bo had called the injury timeout. Allegedly. Well, I have no clue. You can't you can't call an injury timeout without giving up choice. Correct. So Bo called injury timeout. So there's a potentially dangerous. Bo yeah. went to the corner for injury timeout. Brock got his choice, but because of the situation, Brock stayed neutral. Because it would have done none, him no good to mm -hmm. go underneath with riding time what it, what it was and down by two. But the the thing is, you don't know, you don't need to know the rule book. Other than to know that you know wrestling, that was not a potentially dangerous position, and you cannot call a potentially dangerous if it's not in a potentially dangerous situation. So, so, situation you cannot call potentially dangerous because some guy says ouch I, I actually i actually joked about that on twitter like three days ago 
I I literally tweeted. I think you should be able to call potentially dangerous whenever a wrestler says "ouch." <laughs> I tweeted that, and that's what happened. Maybe the ref was following you. <laughs> he must have been, be, like, and in a in a vacuum, I'm not so much worried about it. Um, I'm not. I, I I mean I don't like the fact that Brock wasn't afforded the ability to see if he could get that score. I don't know. Wrestling's really dynamic. Bo could have done something. Bo could have passed a leg. Bo could have blocked off. Bo, Bo might not have been taken down. I don't know. Um, it wasn't an imminent takedown, but it was an opportunity. Well, so I also think I don't like that Brock didn't get that opportunity. I don't like that it was in the middle of a ginormous duel. I don't like that it had implications for seating or, or whatever or rankings or what have you. I don't like any of that. But it was one it was just one match. However, the grand implications are that if referees do that, what are we doing? Like, could you imagine an NCA semifinal? What if that was an NCA semifinal? I would lose my mind. Well that that cannot be the NCAA product. That cannot happen. That that's kind of why, like, I refrain from a couple of responses to some of these tweets. That if you read the tweet without context of what you're saying, these people are acting like it was a one-one match in overtime with no time left in the clock, and the match is over. Brock Hardy won everything else, but I do understand yeah, your, yeah, yeah. I understand your higher level overview of the greater context for what this means. There are people, though, acting like Bo Bartlett didn't score nine points. There wasn't 30 seconds yeah, left in the clock. Fans, fans are stupid. They go overboard. Just like just like the stupid people last week, not even last week, Monday, they were saying, oh, Braden Davis has an asterisk. No, he doesn't. Number one, he won the match. Number two, uh, that wasn't a takedown. I was, told, I was told Bo Bartlett is 16 and one today. <laughs> right? I mean, that's stupid. It's stupid. It's not Bo's fault. You don't give Bo Bartlett an L. You don't knock him down a peg. What you do say is, I mean, I have a hard time. I have a hard time almost like thinking about things just in and of themselves. Yeah. I never, I never, no, look and I at get that. I never look at a wrestling match and, and it's almost, it's almost a bad thing, though. It's almost like a like I'm a victim of, I'm the, instead of being a victim of the moment, I'm like the opposite of victim of a moment guy. I'm like, anything that happens, I'm thinking, what does that mean for NCAAs? What does that mean for next year? Is he going up? Is he going down? What does that mean for their lineup? Hey, how did you like about, Bo's last match at Rec Hall? Could be Bo's last <laughs> match. Did he ever get back to you? Well, we'll have that conversation off air. <laughs> all right, all right. So. Um, by it the way, both, and that's you, another sad, sad thing. There's a lot of there's a lot of last going listen, on. Listen, he right? I forgot when we were having the show, he came on the podcast a couple months ago and like I think just before the season started maybe or around the summer, I can't remember when, but he was on the podcast and he said he doesn't really want to do another year, go through the classes, all that. So anything could change, but if if I or he leaned one way, it, it seems like it's not coming back for 
a free COVID year next year. But anyways, what I was going to say, too, is we do now know the Big Ten seeds because it's got to be Bo Bartlett, one, Real Woods, two, Jesse Mendez, three, Brock Hardy, the four, Lemley, the five. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So it's going to be. It's so funny, it, though. It's, it's pretty funny that. 141, not funny. It's really interesting that Brock Hardy could he beat he beat Bo before. He gave him a great fight today, but he's also he was also in a dog fight with true freshman Sergio Lemley, and he's gonna have to go through both of those on that side. Brock Hardy would have Lemley and then Bo and then Real Woods or Mendez. So that, but we are going to see likely, you know, who knows, but we, it, it is slated to be a potential big 10 semi. Yeah, that's probably, yeah. I mean, if, but if, if Hardy beats Lemley, it's a semi. Yep. That's what yeah. it will be. Those, that will, those are the seeds. That's what is going to happen. It's one of those weights where it seems like, you know, based on who beat who, that the seeds are pretty set for theirs. So we should, Shouldn't see that one again. And you never know what can happen at Big Ten or at uh, NCAAs. So, all right, let's move on. 49. Great, great match. Man, we yeah. talked about it earlier in the season, how much we were looking forward to Ridge Lovett, Shane Van Ness. And we've obviously known for a while now we aren't, weren't getting that tonight. But we did get a match where all of a sudden this dog, Tyler Kasich, is up 3 nothing. On number really, one, Ridge Lovett. And it's like, whoa. Yeah, really nice takedown by Kasich early. Um, really nice takedown by him early. And then uh, Ridge <clears throat> kind of came back. And Ridge's threat on top proved to be instrumental, too. Kasich takes neutral, you know. Um, it was that, That's what I said. That's what I meant in my tweet. Like, um Hardy pushed Bo and lost. Kasich pushed Ridge and lost. Um, Davis and and Smith was really, really super tight until the third. Uh, It was a fantastic couple uh, matches. You know, it wasn't like one team dominated the other or like there were snooze matches. or It it was a really um, good performance by both teams. Yeah. So. And after Ridge wins, I mean, it's at that juncture right now. At this point, Nebraska won. And if three you didn't see it, hold one. on. If if somebody didn't see it, Kasich goes up three nothing, and then Ridge scores six unanswered and wins. I believe at final six three. Yeah. So it's at that point, um, Nebraska wins four, uh, three or four matches, and. I think Nebraska fans and, well, every fan base in the country that probably wants to see Penn State lose, um, now you go back and you go, oh, my goodness. Imagine if Hardy would have finished that takedown and be four matches to zero, um, which is true. Um, but that's that's what it was. Yeah. So that's 49 57, Levi Haynes, got to be the wrestler of the night, beats Peyton Robb. And what I had tweeted out that that to me really stood out is 
Peyton or Levi Haynes is now three and zero against Peyton Rob, and he continues to widen the gap. He beat him three one in overtime, and then he beat him five three, and now he beats him ten three. This kid continues to impress me. Yeah, and it was especially two things stood out to me. Um, well, three things really. One was that Peyton just couldn't get any penetration on him. Um, it, Peyton wasn't being Peyton wasn't stalling. He wasn't failing to attack. He wasn't failing to engage. He was attacking, attacking. Um, well, I shouldn't say attacking, attacking. He had his shots. He got in on legs a couple times, but at, each time he did, he got stonewalled. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked to me like now, if you would watch that match, I like, I would say, how the hell is Peyton ever going to score on him? Right? It just doesn't look like he'll get to positions that he'll he'll get to legs, but he wasn't close to finishing any of them. Um, so that was that was one thing. A second thing is Levi's attack rates even early. We've seen times this year, maybe like Saldate, um, a couple times, uh, uh, several times, like Bo, uh, but maybe not as much, um, where Levi didn't attack that much. Levi's, Levi's attacking. Levi's attacking. Okay. Yeah. That's the second thing. The third thing is the gas tank. So everybody knows. Levi starts at 57 as a true freshman. There's all these rumors going around that he's going to want to go up. He's going to want to go up. He's going to want to go. I said, I don't, I said from jump street, I don't see it. I don't believe it. I don't understand it. He's not that big. And in, in Levi's own words, he said he walks around at like 65 or something. Are you walking around 65? You're a 57 pounder. I don't want to hear anything about it's tough to make weight. Okay, so then, so then he does in fact do what the brain says and wrestles fifty-seven again. But at times he looked lethargic. At times he hasn't put up points. At times he's winning matches by the skin of his teeth. So people start worrying: Is Levi the same? Is he cutting too much weight? Is he this and that? Now sources around Penn State say. He is cutting a lot, and it probably won't be a 57 again. So I, I, that leads me to believe, all right, we're going to see Levi gut it out for a year, but he's probably the rest of the year, but he's probably not going to be that offensive. Well, in his last few matches, he has been. I mean, he beat Frannick. He put 12 or 13 on Frannick, and he had a crazy third-period pace this time against Peyton Robb. Um, it, he's looking next topic. Ish. I know. It's crazy. He continues to and as soon as there's a ooh, is is he looking a little lethargic? Is he cutting too much weight this year? And then the next match he goes out and he's just like, Oh, those worries are gone. Like, nope. Levi's gonna you know, be you that start dog. thinking you start thinking, um, you know, he has a soldate match with a triple freaking overtime. So you start thinking he might be cutting weight, and you know, that's who he is. And then he blows out Frannick and you're thinking, all right, well, we just saw him versus Soldate. 
now he blows out frantic. Maybe there's not maybe there's something not quite right with frantic. But then he blows out Peyton. So you guys think uh, Levi is insanely good in hitting his stride right now. Yeah, he is for sure. Speaking of so that brought stride. three matches to two for Nebraska after the first half, and then um, Antrell comes out at sixty-five, gets a quick takedown on only um, the third takedown. Messenbrink's given up this year. They said, Crazy. "Yeah, Messenbrink's a little bit of a slow starter in this match because um, Antrell got the first takedown, and then it remained like three, one, three, two for a little bit." Um, it was 3-1 after the first Antrell, period. Yeah, yeah. It, but it wasn't like Antrell got a takedown and then Mitchell put it on him. It, yeah. He sort of put it on him, but late. Yeah. And it took a while, and he rode him a lot. And so, again, there's another another match where impressed with the guy that lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that – I mean, I, mean, I, think it, bring... I, I think that match showed – said more about Antrell than it did about Mesenbrink. We know what Mesenbrink is, right? I mean, that's one of those matches where it's Antrell Taylor stock up. You know, I don't look at that like that. That is definitely a stock up Antrell Taylor and not a stock down Mesenbrink. And they had said after the Mesenbrink match that he, this was at the time. I don't know if anybody did this late in the duel, but they said he's got 40 dual meet points now, which is the most for the team. Imagine going into the year with, Carter, yeah, Brooks, yeah. everybody else, and thinking, hey, at the close of the Big Ten dual season, Messenbrink is going to lead this team with dual points. Yeah, yeah. They uh, got a good one in him for sure. 74 was Alsteraki, and I think the story there was that um, he, he sat against he sat against Michigan um, and then he sat against the whoever they wrestled that same weekend, a little rumors about maybe a little dinged up or a little under the weather. Then he came back and in the matches that he came back um, right after that, not a whole lot of points, not a lot of points against Rocka Welsh, not a lot of points against uh, Iowa. Who was it for Iowa? It was Kennedy. Yeah. Patrick Kennedy. Um, So not a lot of points. And you're like, all right, is he like bored? Is he unenthused? Is he? And then you saw the, you saw the pace today, and I think it's fair to say that he still majored something... Patrick though thirteen five. It's still yeah. I just the didn't third look period. Like... Yeah, the third period. Yeah. You know, um, so I think in looking at him and his pace today, just again the body language, um, you have to think. Yeah, he was probably a little under the weather. Wasn't a hundred percent at couple points in the recent past uh he looked terrific today you know what's crazy is that between him and kirk they're each only 11 and 0 on this only I'm not saying this from an undefeated standpoint but they've combined only wrestled 22 matches this year yeah 24 yeah, been, if you include the all-star classic it's been a rather odd year for penn state they got really low match counts um i think a big part of that was, and people are talking about this. A lot of people are talking about how the low match counts for Penn State. But do you think it has to do with the Olympic year, Olympic trials? It was one hundred percent. I mean, yeah. they lost three, four, five matches. Um, 
that they typically would have had. Well, I guess they would have had five matches at collegiate duels. They normally have five matches that weekend, and they got zero. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, Carter gets the tack 20-4 to four over Bubba Wilson. And then Bernie Truax, Lenny Pinto. Uh, I, You know, for all the PSU homerism crap I catch, I, I did lean. Pick, you did pick Smith. You did pick uh, Love Lenny. It. And, and Lenny. You know, Lenny. And, and this match kind of went how I thought it would. It was an 8-6 match that really could have went either way. They're both right there. Um, and, and, you know, Lenny Lenny edged him and gets the win 8-6. Yeah, I was I had a mixed bag on Lenny's performance. Um, really, obviously, you have to love the first period and the aggressiveness. He went out. He took him down twice pretty quickly. Um I thought he left off the gas and was defensive in the third period. And, and uh, it really, to, in my opinion, it let Truex in the match. Do, do, I mean, Bernie almost came back and did the dang thing. He almost had a takedown yeah. at the end. Um, it was even reviewed. I didn't <laughs> Nebraska think coaches were going nuts. <laughs> mm-hmm. they, they did not uh, like that. <laughs> yeah there's a oh here comes a kale call or something but uh it wasn't it wasn't close and i was pretty sure it wasn't going to be called and it wasn't but um the fact that it was the fact that it was even in the balance at that point um lenny you need to shut the door when you can shut the door on an elite opponent you need to shut the door and i felt like lenny backed off a little bit but i also think when you can when you can win a match against a guy as good as Bernie, you know, this guy has been fourth, third, fourth, third, whatever it was. Um, when you can win a guy, uh, win a match against a guy of that caliber at their place um, and still come out of it learning something, um, that's a good thing. It's, it, it's better to learn, hey, listen, I got to be better in the third period. I got to, I got to, I can't let off the gas uh it's better to get your hand raised and learn than it is to you know get bit at the end and then you're really bummed yeah no for sure and, and i don't think like you know we're talking stock up stock down sometimes i don't think for either of these guys it's stock down i think these are just two top five guys and i think they could trade wins and i wouldn't be surprised either way yeah yeah um 184 behind Keck is crazy. Um, and again, I keep banging the drum, but the most incredible season, the most the most interesting season that I've seen in a long time because it looks like Keck is a shoe-in for um, at least the finals, uh, certainly the semis. I don't see any anybody eight or below knocking him off before the semis. Um, but after that, to me, it's a crapshoot. I mean, plot, plot is two. <laughs> By the way, speaking of crapshoot, this is what happens late at night or late at night for me. Did you see Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> last Dude. night? Just <laughs> I, that, that video keeps popping up in my timeline. And I laugh every time. <laughs> Dude, I, I I was watching it live, and I I was just beside myself. Like, for a couple of reasons. One, he's obviously such a freaking dork. Both, both like, 
he is a dork. Um, and also, he lacks social awareness. He doesn't know how to act. In Listen, a lot month. of those computer guys do. <laughs> like, if you put, if Bo told me I could walk out with him at UFC 300, I honestly can't say I would look much cooler than Zuckerberg. There's no way you can look. There's no way you can look as bad. There's no way you. I don't think I would try to pass the shirt. Like, such a dork. But number two, it made me. It made me like question like the the backbone of the UFC. Like, you're letting him hang around. You're letting him like be around when he's totally. Nobody likes him. He's a geek. Like you can't tell me that the o- the only reason he's there is because he has a lot of money. That's the only reason. Well, and he yeah, looks like a fish out of water because he's he's paying some of these guys to train him, you know. And so, but yeah. Anyways, yeah, I, it's very John Duponish. Yeah, it, and yeah. I digress. I just, I, I'm watching my Twitter timeline, and that just that video just keeps popping up. But well, it's so cringy. I keep having to laugh, but yeah. It, it, 184 is going to be very fun to watch in NCAAs, even over the conference championships in a couple of weekends, because you've got, you know, you've got Parker and Plot Big 12 top two. Then you got Pinto. Then you got Pac-12 again in Munoz. Then you got Celzar and Truax in the Big 10. Then Folk and the I, I mean, NWAs. I think, I think Bernie, uh, I think Lenny might be over Salazar. I, I think he's like, 0-2 or 0-3 against Salazar. Really? Let's look that one up. Um, speaking of a shoe-in, because you said, you know, Parker being a shoe-in, Aaron Brooks, another guy who just continues to widen that gap and have his way on the mat. Well, hold on. I'm not so fast here. Okay, let's so let's hear this take. Well, I've said it since Jump Street. I've said it since Jump Street. I don't know why everybody has been writing off Trent this whole year. I don't get it. I don't understand it. And I don't think anybody's writing him off, but I think I those two seem like a shoe in for the finals. No disrespect to anybody okay. else in that weight. But you have to you have to say the three time champ Brooks is continuing oh, to improve. I'm not saying that he's, you know, one of these favorites that look at, we saw it with Spencer. Spencer was the biggest favorite three-time champ and goes down to Matt Ramos. Trent Hidley is very good. We've been talking about that all year. He won the Pharaoh looked incredible. He's 19 and 0 on the season. He looks great, but he continues to dominate on the mat. I'm not saying he's a shoe in to win to win the title. I'm just saying that he's at 92 percent bonus on the year, 13 and 0. I mean, the guy just looks great. He does, he does. But nobody's talking about Trent. Nobody's giving him a shot. And I don't know that nobody's talking about him. I mean, I just think that's 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 part of a byproduct of him being in the ACC. If yeah, he was in the Big Ten, idiot. he'd get a lot more shine. He'd get a lot more in that conversation yeah. where, you know, a lot of the dual meets yeah, he's wrestling. I'm just saying, is... I, listen, maybe I think it's a thing. I think that Aaron Brooks, Trent Hiley is a thing. Oh, I don't think Brooks majors him. I'm picking Brooks to win that match, but I think it's, you know. Majors? 
No, I'm just saying, I still heavily favor Brooks in that match. I'm not saying it's by major. I'm just saying I heavily favor him to win that match. I think, yeah, I I don't know about heavily. Um, listen, this was, this was a semi-controversial final at 84 two years ago. All right? And... And Trent looks amazing. Trent looks great. So, He's looked great all year, even before the season at the Bill Farrell. It's looked incredible. I mean, clearly my pick is Brooks, but I, I – Here's part of it. Not that the Big Ten is loaded at 197, but no, – the Big Ten's not good at 197. But – Trent Heidley is the only guy from the ACC in the top 15 at 197. What is, what is, what does the big 10 have? The big 10 don't have crap. I just said, I'm not saying the big 10 is that dominant. I'm just saying the big 10 has Jackson Smith and, and Glazier. I think Glazier's good. No, listen, listen, all I'm saying is you're saying, why doesn't Trent Heidley get more shine? Because if you look at his competition throughout the year, the ACC isn't getting all these previews and everything else. I'm not saying that Trent, takes away from how good he is. Trent is a fifth-year senior who has placed top four every freaking year, who who made a final and took Aaron Brooks to the wire. I'm saying more people should. Well, he was fifth in 2022, but yeah. Whatever. Listen, I'm on the Trent Hidley train. I like Trent. I think he's tough. Unfortunately, I think for him, Brooks is going to win a fourth championship. No, I listen. I I agree with that sentiment. What I'm saying is, in a large percentage of the population, is saying next topic, Aaron Brooks. When I think there's a guy who can go with him. Also, Jackson Smith, he only beat five two, so Big Ten one ninety seven. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Trent is awesome. Nobody say anything about that. Don't don't stretch what I'm saying about Brooks. But I do that think Brooks wins the championship. Big marquee win over Zach Glazier. Listen, I nobody's looking at Brooks' season this Who's year. Who's Brooks' best win in his career? Um, Parker Kekheisen. Yeah. Who Trent beat last year? But Brooks beat them 1-2 back-to-back in NCAAs last year. I know. I'm just saying. I'm not trying to make the case that Trent should be a favorite over Nobody's saying that. Brooks is 3-0 against Hydley. I think you have to take Brooks. I'm saying more people should... Really be looking forward to that. I I don't think people are disrespecting Hydley as much as you think they are. I just All think right. I just think we don't hear about it as much because that's a byproduct of a really good wrestler in the ACC, in my opinion. Perhaps. Well, I don't know. I don't think that's the case. I think I think it's just because Brooks is so damn good and he's unbe- like Could he's be. unbeatable. Because like every, I think everybody knows how great Aaron Brooks is. So they just consider a next topic weight. And it probably is, but I think. No, I don't think it's a next topic weight. I think Trent's going to 
bring everything he can. Trent's pace is incredible. He's going to push Brooks, and Brooks is going to have to have everything he has to win that match. Um, but I favor also, Brooks. Means it this way, uh, Tanner Sloan pinned Rocky Elam tonight. That's a pretty interesting result. That's five over eight. Uh, both Big yeah. 12 guys. Big 12's loaded at the way. Sloan, Buchanan, Elam, Stephen Little. Even Evan Bachman is 14, so they have a bunch of guys. Yeah. So, all right, to round out the Penn State duel, Kirk comes out, looks pretty good. He's 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 looked good all year. He's a he's a beast. I mean, you talk about <laughs> you talk about a weight that turned into next topic. I mean, I think I think there was a lot of intrigue at the beginning of the year, but it's it looks like a next topic weight. I mean, he decimated Hendrickson. Yeah. And he's got 72% bonus on the year. Yeah, he's, he's looked great. Nick Feldman, who's pretty tough, he made you know, major 12 nothing. beat Lucas Davis in 8-3. He's looked how great many, all year. How many next topic weights are there? 125 is wide open. Wide 30, open. 33, I don't think, is next topic anybody. I think anything not, can happen not, there. Not at all. 41. 41 is, is nowhere close to next topic. No. Nope. 49 Ridge is a heavy favorite, but when you have guys like Caleb Henson and the rest of those guys in that lineup, I wouldn't say it's next topic, but I'd say he's a heavy favorite. I think he's the first heavy favorite of yeah. the first four weights, but I agree. I don't think it's next topic. Yeah. Uh, Levi Haynes to this point looks next topic to me. Um, and there are so many. This weight is deep with Teamer and Frannick and Blockus who beat both of them and uh, and P Rob uh Meyer I, I just I guess it's not a next topic way cuz there's too many guys but it might be he looks great if, I, if, I mean if that's the version of him But I if you were to put money on this weight let's just say you put Levi minus 150 to win the weight I think money an action would push him into a very heavy favorite because I think if you're watching him, he's going to have, if you had like a fan poll yeah. on who wins this weight, Levi is, I'd say much like Ridge. I think he's a heavy favorite, but you got guys like team of Shapiro, Rob yeah. and don't, it's not Donian. next topic. Like, no, I don't think it's next topic, but I'd say he's, he's a I don't good think favorite. It's next, topic next topic is a guy like Carter Starocki. Right, I mean that's like a next topic weight. That's Six, it's like sixty-five wait. is is very tough. I mean you got O'Toole and Carr, two NCAA champs, one and two. Oh, that's not next topic at all. You know, um, seventy-four Carter's pretty next topic. That's next topic. Uh, Parker seems right now next topic. Seems that way. Uh, seems that way. Although he did have a close one with Bernie. Um, so maybe not next topic, but. Like, if Parker Keck guys and lost in the NCAA finals, your head doesn't explode, right? So, no, it's not next topic. No. Yeah, heavy favorite category. Yeah. Brooks, Brooks Eileen, heavy favorite, but... Heavy favorite. Yeah, I don't think it's... <laughs> I don't think it's next topic, but, man, um, it's close. If it's not Trent, then I don't see anybody sniffing him. Yeah, but Kirk Fleet seems next topic-ish. The way he's wrestling right now, it's just – and, again, if he didn't 
if he didn't beat Hendrickson, and I know that the All Star Classic is early in the season in March and November are very different months. If, and if, Hendrickson was really coming off a U twenty three run, and he was banged up a little bit. He didn't wrestle before, mm -hmm. but I feel like if we didn't have that match. I feel like there's a lot more intrigue for an undefeated Kirk Fleet versus an undefeated Hendrickson. I guess that's true, right? I mean, do you know five out of the top guys at two, four out of the top five guys at heavyweight are undefeated right now? Or really? as of last week, I don't know if they because you had Kirk ten and zero, Wyatt eighteen and zero, Younger Bastida nineteen and zero, and Zach Elam eighteen and zero. I'm pretty yeah, sure they all, all won. They all did. They all did. Um, that's interesting. And, well, three of them are in the Big 12. Yeah, I can't wait for heavyweight at Big 12s. I mm -hmm. can't wait. So, um, I guess you're right. Like, if if the All-Star match never happened, and I know I hate when people say that, but yet I'm saying it. If there's there ever were, a time to were. say it, that, that's literally the greatest parody you can have in the wrestling season. The All-Star Classic in mid-November and the NCAAs in mid-March. That well, it's is one a thing, monster it's one differentiator. Thing, it's one thing to say it's All-Star Classic. It's the first event of the year. Um, and that comes with some cautionary footnotes, right? Like, okay, it's... It's a first time down. It's the first competition of the year. People might not be clicking on all. They're not peaked, right? They're obviously yeah. not peaked. Okay, so that 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 comes with a little bit of a disclaimer. But when you throw in the fact that Hendrickson wrestled all freaking summer, he was hurt. He wrestled a U twenty threes. I mean, um, there are, there's a lot of reasons to give him excuses, right? I mean, legitimate reasons. I'm not calling them fake excuses. Um, if you did look at that, just their NCAA match last year. Um, right. I don't think it would be out of the realm of possibility for Hendrickson to be close or to win that match. But by the way, I because I know somebody's going to comment and say this when we were talking fifty-seven, Vince Zerbin is still undefeated, Northern Colorado, and we just saw somebody go do that. Andrew O'Leary's and win the national championship. I'm not discrediting Zerbin at all. I just haven't watched him wrestle really this year. Well, uh, Northern Colorado didn't have, didn't wrestle the greatest. Well, not exactly their fault though. They went to scuffle, and there's just not a lot of competition. Yeah, he beat there. Cardenas there, which I think is his best one of the season. Yeah, yeah. Which so you know, which Jacory just beat this weekend. So uh, I don't know. It doesn't. I I I know I sound like a hater when I say this, but it doesn't sit right with me that Zerbin's projected two seed right now. I just don't feel like he earned it. I mean, he kind of did. He wrestled the guys in front of him. Yeah. That's uh, always it just, a tough just, one. It doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. So that's the Penn State duel. Let's talk a couple other news tidbits real quick. Um, just because it's on my screen, Audrey Jimenez, she meddled at Worlds. In cadets and juniors and U23 while still in high school. I think she won the Open this year, too. Um, but she just won a state title in Arizona. Oh, she's the she's first so girl to ever do that. That is amazing. Hats off to Audrey. Uh, you'd love to see that. Um, 
she's such a good where Roman's from. I went to, um, I was in Italy for cadet worlds the one year she was there and it just so happened that, uh, I landed with Anthony Leone, Sunnyside's coach, you know, RBY's coach. Um, we landed at the airport at the same time and, and we took a, uh, no, we were supposed to take a shuttle, but I just paid for an Uber or a taxi. Um, and, uh, hung out with them a little bit and saw Audrey and her family through the week, uh, at, at cadet worlds at dinner almost every night. And, um, such a great kid, great family. I mean, this is a girl that's, um, winning age groups and meddling at worlds well above her age. Like she's a cadet and she's winning junior. She's a junior and she's winning U 23, uh, and meddling at worlds and, and, um, the bright future in all aspects, I think, because she got the character, the work ethic, the talent. Um, and so I, I think that she's going to be successful on and off the mat. It's just, I don't know. Like, this is one person that beyond the wrestling, I just think she's a special yeah, human. Yeah. And, that, and that's why I thought it was worthwhile. It's a major, major accomplishment. I did have some dweeb that tweeted at me saying it's only the first in Arizona, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, the graphic literally says that dude, he was mad that the tweet didn't say it only the graphic did. And he literally had the gall to ask me why my headline didn't say that. I'm like, bro, are you bored? You good, bro. Um, all right. So a couple other, some college wrestling things. Um, Iowa, Wisconsin today, Gabe Arnold was in at 184. Not really sure why they put him in. You have any insight on that? Any, no, any um, maybe just the last weekend at home, the last home match of the year. Um, I can, you know, I can see, you know, them giving him the nod one last time to close out his red shirt year. Um, I do think that they need to get Riggins ready and wrestle as many matches as he can. I think they should have used Riggins because Riggins needs as many big 10 matches. He can get. I, I, I understand putting Gabe in, but at the same time, Riggins is in a funny spot. He needs wins in conference. And so I, I don't know, man, I, I kind of would have thought they would have used Riggins. Now, what do they do next week? Um, on the road at Okie state, in a duel that could come down to the wire and they can really use a win, what do you do? Do you use Gabe or you use Aiden? It, it was interesting, too, speaking of that duel, to not wrestle Drake Ayala. Everybody was uh, all okay. excited so, for Drake, Eric Barnett. Lineup comes out, no Drake. Yeah, I was bummed see, about that one. Barnett tweeted duck. Oh, he uh, did? No, I didn't yeah. see that. Um, I, I, I don't know what to make of it. Drake is not a sissy. Drake don't duck people. Okay. Um, well, so sure. I don't want to hear that nonsense. Drake's a warrior, but, um, by the way, it's usually know, never the wrestler. Look. It's never the wrestler. It's the coaches. If there ever is a ducking situation, it's very rarely the wrestler saying, Hey coach, I'm not going to go wrestle this kid this weekend. The coach is going to say, yeah, you are get out there. Most times it's a coach telling the wrestler, we're going to rest you. We're going to sit you. We're going to this. Yeah. And the wrestler respects the coach. So if yeah. anything, even if you think it's a duck, 
that should always get geared towards the coach yeah, versus the I athlete. So, you know, I have – there's no way for me to know if it was a seed protection or not. But if you look at it through the lens of would it behoove Drake in the Big Ten seedings not to wrestle this duel, um, probably because – Drake beat McKee and McKee beat Barnett. So it probably would help him. Although again, I don't think, I don't think that's why they did it, but I, I don't know. Yeah. And speaking of, uh, well, another great match that did happen. Hamidi Caliendo, which lived up yeah, to the excitement cool. that it was going to be, um, Hamidi Hamidi. I think it's Hamidi. He gets the win 14, 11 over Caliendo in a very, very exciting match. Yeah, that was fun. I felt like Hamidi got out to a, like a rather substantial lead, and then Caliendo kind of picked his way back. But I don't know. It was weird. It was a, it was exciting. I just didn't feel like – I never really thought that Dean was in real danger. But yeah. it was a good bout. It was a good match. Um, you know, we previewed Cornell and NC State. Yeah. So we'll bring that up. That was another one I tweeted you or I texted you the second the broadcast started. No Cornella, which somebody commented on the video and said Cornella was banged up. He'll be back either Sunday or next yeah, week. I had heard well in advance, like throughout yeah. the week, I heard Cornella's not going to go this week. I was more bummed about Arusia and Kyoreen not wrestling. You know, I don't know if Vito's banged up. It seems like it, even watching some of his matches. It seems like he's a little banged up. It's going to be interesting because, you know, if if you these kids going into March and the NCAA tournament have so many injuries and they're so banged up from wrestling a grueling season, and usually all they want to do is put it on the line until that Sunday and then ice their body and go into recovery. Vito yeah. has to not only wrestle that weekend, he then has to make the descent down to 57 kilos slash 125 pounds and yeah. get ready for the Olympic trials. So cutting that weight, which is not an easy weight cut, if you're banged up, something to keep an eye on heading into the Olympic trials. And obviously, yeah, you know, you know it was interesting. I, I just watched it. Um, that's 100% true. I mean, Vito, Dayton, those guys are going to – those guys going to wrestle 33 at NCAAs, and that's like going to be for most people. That's the finale. That's like the start of their gruel, grueling uh, train, right? And I just watched a documentary, not a documentary, an interview with on Stalemates with Brett Metcalf, and they were asking him about the um, the Darian Caldwell loss in NCAA finals and. Brent made it very clear, so I just want to make sure I'm not, he is he is not giving an excuse that he lost that match because of this. He and he made it abundantly clear. He said, I am not this is not making excuses. But in looking back, and he said that he didn't um he didn't even realize it until uh maybe like a couple years later. He was like, I was doing some stupid stuff and, and Zach from Stalemate says, like like not training hard and like not drinking and not getting in trouble. Right. And Brent's like, no, he was like, 
I thought I was gonna cruise to I thought I thought I pretty much cruised through NCAAs <laughs> and world team trials were right after. And he's like, I'm like and looking back, he's like, I'm doing wind sprints on like the morning of NCAAs. Like he's like to to put it in summation, he's like, I basically did what you would do if you were training through something. And I did it at NCAAs and that was stupid. (laughs) And so um, it's not exactly the same as what Vito and Dayton, some of these other guys that have senior level Olympic aspirations this year are doing, but I found it very interesting. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that duel without Cornell and without Vito wasn't nearly as interesting as it could have been on paper. Uh, a note uh, from the weekend. See, a couple other notes from there. It was twenty four nine NC State. Camacho did wrestle and beat Unger. Um, a reen over a back. Hey, running. I did. I did. I did have uh, Camacho as well. I didn't even know if Camacho was going to wrestle. That's been a really weird situation. Beats Unger five one. A reen wins. Uh, Ryan Jack was trailing Josh Saunders, who was in for Carnella was trailing him a long time and then came back and won. Um, Anderson with a major Shapiro beat Ed Scott. That was a really fun match. That was a fun um, one. Like Meyer, Meyer had an early-ish takedown, and then um, he threatened uh, like quite often. But then Ed Scott gained a little momentum, not scored, but it looked like, okay, with a takedown, Ed Scott can – put this into overtime or even sneak out a win. And then uh, Meyer had a really nice clean finish and put it to bed. Ramirez over Kovacs. Fishback beat Foca. Fishback beat Foca. And he had an early takedown. And then um, at the start of the third, Foca was in really deep. You're like, okay, he's going to get it and we're going to be tied and stuff. But he just couldn't finish. He just couldn't finish. And Fishback fended it off. And then uh, that was about, like Foca's last real good opportunities. And Fishback wins. Um, Hydley over Cardenas, 8 2. Treffin won 1 0 heavyweight. Um, yeah. Adam cool. named Utah Valley head coach this weekend. Adam, Adam Hall. Yeah. Um, Yep, I really like that. I don't know for sure. I heard John Reeder might have been interested in it as well. Whatever the case is, they got Adam Hall, um, it, and he's gonna be he's gonna be great. That dude is due diligence. That dude is all business. Um, Adam Hall is gonna be a good one. You know, he went to high school like an hour north of me. Really? Mm-hmm. It's funny he got that job too, and you know. Wrestling Twitter can be very opinionated right away. Nothing but love for Adam. Everybody was like, Adam Hall, what a hire, great hire. He's going to, he's going to do awesome. Like it was a universally, and you don't see that that often. Wrestling Twitter is pretty divided. And that was just a straight across the board reaction. Yeah. um, He's universally regarded as a really good, um, not only assistant coach, because, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that are really good assistant coaches, mm-hmm. indispensable. Um, but you don't know if they're going to make good head coaches. You know, just same way, same way there's guys that make are really good defensive coordinators, but as a head coach, it's just not going to work. Um, Adam Hall is the whole package. 
Um, and people, a lot of people know that. And uh, I think it was very smart for Utah Valley who announced that Greg Williams was going to be stepping down and retiring at the end of this year um, to announce it. Now get a little excitement, get a little buzz. You know, who's going to be your head coach. You know, he's a great guy. Um, I think that was the right move PR wise. Yeah. Um, what other notes you have from the weekend? Just Missouri 21, 19 today over South Dakota state who has a, you know, having a really good year, ranked number 11 in the, uh, NWCA poll certain over Jordan. Um, but you know, a two point loss to Missouri really close dual Devos over Mako Tanner Sloan pinned Elam Bergie over Hawks. Um, so really good duel there. Yeah. I can't remember if it was on uh, Instagram or what I'm, one of the bash mania followers had said SDSU plus four and a half. I love it. <laughs> really? So, See, I yeah. wouldn't have, I, I, I knew that they had the ability. I wouldn't have taken that. Um, so hats off to that guy, but, uh, who probably lives in Brookings, South Dakota, but, um, <laughs> you have to like, if you're looking, especially wrestling fans, if you're looking at like who they like, you go to their Twitter bio, a lot of times it lines up. <laughs> But there was Dude, a lot I, of Penn State fans who said Nebraska plus twenty two, like they're like you know big Penn State fan, but twenty two is too many points for this duel. I know, like virtual. I saw one virtual NCAs tweeted. I don't know Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, Penn State Nebraska is going to be a really great duel, and uh, all these people jumped on him and was like, or he said really close duel. And all these people jumped on him and said, close like what? Close like Nebraska wins two matches? Like, what are you talking about, you stupid idiot? It's like, Jesus. Relax. Yeah, people, well, if you want to talk crap about people, the NCAA not making a great decision. No, denying, true. for the first time in five years, the NCAA denied my press credential and it, it was somebody different. Previously, this guy, Matt, now it's this guy, David. And I had asked him, I said, hey, just out of curiosity, you know, the last four or five years I've been in, did something change? And his response was that the NCAA, and he sent me the official criteria, is that they're no longer credentialing podcasts. And I'm like, yeah. that is just wild in an era where you look at the biggest sports media out there, whether it's professional sports, college athletics, you see podcasts like Part of My Take, and especially in niche sports like wrestling, podcasts is what covers the sports. You're not going to see ESPN and local papers cover the sport throughout the year. Have, like, it's it's such a dumb decision when traditional media is dying to say, um, we're not going to credential podcasts. If you don't want to credential some, fine. But to make the blanket it's so rule, it's really it's really stupid. And you know, a lot of times, uh, their thing is, well, you don't do a whole lot of stuff on the ground there. Listen, a lot of journalism, a lot of journalism is relationships, talking to people, um, being respected, being allowed to be on the inside. Yeah, sure, you're not. You're not reporting on the ground and or doing interviews, but you're taking that knowledge and applying it to a popular podcast, a, a podcast that was nominated for uh, show of the year. Right. And so to me, it's really stupid. And in conjunction with the fact that 
every year I go to NCAAs and there's these outlets that wrestling something, they have wrestling in the name. So I guess whoever has NCAAs thinks it's a, a legitimate thing. They get three seats. They don't, they're not there the whole time. They're well, not there like one time. It's like all the local media. You know, all these the local media, if anything, they show up maybe on Saturday night. Apart from that, their seats are empty. They don't know anything. So it's like, you know, for niche sports, like it, it's and I've been very transparent that, yes, I'm not the most active guy, as are most podcasts and content creators in the sport. But being there, like you said, it's very it's very important from a relationship standpoint, from seeing the wrestlers, seeing the coaches that you cover all year long, that you interview all year long, that you talk to, that you cover, that you put graphics out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and again, I, for me, I really don't care. It doesn't change my world, whether I'm in a yeah. suite or even if I stay at home. It honestly isn't that big of a deal. But yeah. the NCAA making a blanket decision to discredit podcasts when traditional media is dying is just an asinine decision. Crazy. Yeah, I, again, I can't, especially to me, especially again, when they credential so many jokes, they credential so many jokes. You have one of the bigger, bigger better podcasts in the sport. And I mean, I'm not going to name names, but I go down the list on pre, on press row and see who's credential. I was like, give me a freaking You're, you're going to have to do it this year. This year, you're. Let's let's make a path right now because I'm sure you'll be there. I'm well, sure I'll, you'll be on I'll, I'll like do a video for you, but I'm not going <laughs> to name names. I need you to just take a video and go down press row. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think it'll be PG, so I don't think it can be on the show. Just give me your commentary as you go past it. And that no, oh, yeah. and, and that's not to crap on anybody that's going. It's just again, and this isn't even about me. I to be honest. If I decide to stay home for NCAAs this year, it might. Listen, there's a Tony Tony Hager. Tony Hager owns a website called MN Wrestle, and they do monster monster content all year long. Some of the best, maybe the best, for Minnesota high school wrestling. They didn't give him a credential for the state tournament. They didn't give Jason Bryant. Jason Bryant does not get a credential for the Minnesota State Tournament. Can't get it. He can't get it. He's been trying for years. Crazy. You got to get people in charge who have a brain, and they don't really care about the sport. They're just they're so narrow minded on just you know their job in the in the micro sense of just or the micro aspect of just I don't know getting one event covered. Or, I don't know. It, it's crazy. It's, yeah. I hope they change that because podcasts, again, especially in niche sports, are how coverage gets out. I'm at the point now where, like, like I want to be credentialed. I kind of need to be credentialed. But if I wasn't, like, whatever. Correct. Look at, to be honest, like, I, I might just stay home this year. I have to actually have a call on Tuesday about getting a suite. I don't know what the number looks like yet. So I'm not, I'm not convinced either way, but I wouldn't mind staying home and running podcasts before and after the sessions or even yeah. a Friday morning and a Saturday morning, you know, podcast like we did for world championships. So I'm not totally against like, it is what it is, but it's, it, it's a dumb decision. I don't, 
It's, it's, uh, I don't agree with it, but um, anyhow, all that's right, the that's, weekend. that's the weekend. Big, big weekend next weekend. Big, big weekend. weekend. Shout out Iowa State. I love the graphic they put out today. Iowa Dave. State, Missouri with Keegan O'Toole, David Carr in their well, in David's final duel for the Cyclones. We got Oklahoma State and Iowa in a duel that's uh really each match should be competitive and also the duel overall should be competitive let's um see what else any other big ones i got the all pulled up here oh missouri's also wrestling northern iowa lehigh's wrestling arizona state that's a good one wisconsin northern iowa Nebraska, Arizona State. By the way, we we talked about our boy Nico Provo. He ended up splitting matches this weekend. Beat Figs on uh, Friday mm -hmm. and then lost today. Lost to Kaler. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, we'll be back previewing the weekend in a couple days. Thanks for joining us. And the beat goes on.